Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. And this week, we're talking about all volunteer nonprofits. Uh, And we need to talk about all volunteer nonprofits, Nancy, because I think a lot of our listeners here on the Nonprofit Radio Show are affiliated with an all volunteer nonprofit organization. I think you're absolutely right. Yep. And so before we dive in, just want to give a quick shout out of appreciation to all of those who participated in our first ever nonprofit radio show live um, last week. And also special thanks to our guest, Rebecca Zanata, for uh, sharing her wisdom on fundraising and all things nonprofit. It was super fun, wasn't it? It was fun. It was so nice to see people's faces. Yes. Usually Nancy and I talk to each other (laughs) when we're doing this podcast, and it was really awesome uh, to get live questions and um, to have to think on our feet and and also to hear really what people are struggling with and want guidance on. Most of the questions we heard had to do with fundraising. No surprise there. Um, It is so important. Um, But we also found these connections between fundraising being tied to other aspects of running a good, strong nonprofit organization, like how your board functions, how you handle your finances, what your organizational culture is. And that actually led us to introduce our six principles in the nonprofit radio show. And we have put these up on our website and we are going to repeat them over and over and over again over the next years of our episodes um, so that they sink in. Because what we're realizing, Nancy, is that we actually keep coming back to the same pieces of advice, right? (laughs) We do. Some people might say we're repetitive. I'm, I'm going to say we're really trying to just reinforce these ideas. Exactly. And the six principles we have so far are to, to live your values. So know what your organizational values are and then make sure they infiltrate every part of your organizational efforts to know your purpose, why you're doing something. Sometimes we have to ask that question before we can get to what we're going to do. We need to remember it's always all about people, whether that's the people we're serving or the people that we're uh, working with to make our movement happen. Have a strategy. Nancy and I are really good about bringing every topic back to, do you know what your strategy is, the best moves you should make to most efficiently and easily get to the outcome you're hoping for? Always run good programs meaning you're running programs that make an actual difference in your community and for your mission. And then really important in the nonprofit radio show for small nonprofit organizations is to make things doable. There's so many things you could be doing, but you need to do what you can. Absolutely. And and that that brings us to today's conversation because we, we love getting mail and we've got an email this week connected to the live show from an organization that makes things doable and does great things. Uh, we got we got an email from Joyce Weir, the board president of Create Art Center in beautiful Northeast Washington. I remember being at the Create Art Center. It's up in Newport. Have you ever been to Newport, Sarah? I haven't, but I'd like to go. Oh my gosh, it's one of those absolutely bucolic small towns with a river and beautiful forests and 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 lovely people. Anyway, Joyce thanked us for the live show and she encouraged further communication about small nonprofits because she said all volunteer groups in rural areas are unique. 
And that got us thinking. I mean, we we talk a lot about the the uniqueness of rural areas where there aren't a whole lot of connections to consultants and capacity building supports and all of that. You know, and I had just finished teaching a class in a with a different rural group. It was a board class. And this theme kept coming up that every time we introduced a new idea, there was this notion of how does this connect to me? I'm an all-volunteer group. I can't do that or that doesn't relate to me. So we've been thinking a lot about the special nature of all-volunteer groups. They face unique challenges. I know Sarah- Opportunities. <laughs> You're always flipping challenges to opportunities, which is so inviting. Uh, so let's talk about this. Let's talk about all volunteer nonprofits and what makes them unique and what they need to pay most attention to to thrive. You know, and this is so important, Nancy, because before we get into our practical advice and touching back on our principles, I just want to say that too often I see all volunteer organizations burn themselves out or they rely on the deep passion of one or two individuals who started the organization and and got it going with this passion. And in almost all cases, the mission they're working on matters so deeply that it should exist long beyond that passion can hold and sustain itself. And so we need to empower our all-volunteer organizations with everything they need to sustain that passion beyond one or two people, beyond the core group that got it started, and make sure it's a service to your community that is existing forever. So I hope we're going to solve that today. I think that sounds great. And I will say, if you're working with an all-volunteer group and you're listening to this episode, please see this as an invitation to pause, reflect, get some ideas to bring back to your organization. You're doing such important work and we're, we're, we're doing our best to give you what you need to really thrive. So let's dive in. One of the first biggest challenges of all-volunteer boards is really how to separate governance from management that there's what does so, that mean oh my god i know those are big words i mean management is just the running of your program you're doing the stuff you're making you know you're serving people you're producing the art you're cleaning our environment whatever it is you're doing the work but then there's that governance piece that thinking about the why thinking about strategy thinking ahead to the future and that's hard when you're right in the middle of the work and if you have a, an organization that has staff, the staff does the running of programs and the board does the governance. And in this case, you have an overlap. You have the same people doing both. And that is confusing. And at least in my experience, lots of people come to all volunteer organizations because they want to do. That's the fun part, right? Let's get out and actually serve people or make the community center better or <laughs> whatever your mission is. But you also need to be thoughtful. If, if I had a magic wand, I would give every all-volunteer organization one person on the board who just constantly asked the question, what's our purpose? What's our strategy? What is the best way for us to think about how we'll thrive three years from now? And you need to find that person to help balance all the doing and all the great activity that an all-volunteer organization can do. Absolutely. So so there's almost two toolboxes that you need to have. You need to have that one toolbox 
filled with, you know, wrenches and hammers and saws to get that work done, whatever that means for you. But you need that second toolbox that has the binoculars and the telescope. So you can see, you can see the horizon and you can look up at the stars and really imagine, you know, what the future might be. So you've got a toolbox in each hand. Maybe a crystal ball every once in a while would be really helpful too. Oh, that would be helpful. That would be, I think that would help all of us. <laughs> so, okay. So you have that toolbox in each hand. Um, what does that mean for each individual board member? And, and that's where it's really important for them to know what hat they're wearing, that there are so many different hats with nonprofits. There's the worker hat, the volunteer hat, the strategy hat, the finance hat, you know, the HR hat, the, the website designer hat, that you, you really need to, to sort out which hat you're wearing, name that hat. And this is, we're mixing our metaphors here, but I almost, you know, that plumber shows up at your house and she has a toolbox in each hand and five labeled hats on her head. That's what I'm picturing. <laughs> yeah, that I think that's what a typical all-volunteer board meeting looks like. And that can be overwhelming. And that can be one of the things that leads to that feeling of like, can we possibly keep doing this forever? Right? I, I suspect every all-volunteer board has had that at least conversation in their own heads. Can we do this? And so one little practical tip we might suggest to help with that is to actually think, what's my best role in this organization as a board member? Maybe I'm particularly good at the finance side of things. And so I'm going to try to make my role in this organization both effective and sustainable. And so I'm going to come to these meetings always having thought through the financial implications of something we're doing. And that's the way I can best serve this organization. And maybe, Nancy, you know, you're best at doing that long-term visioning. And so anytime we're trying to make a decision, you're going to remember, I, I will best help this organization by asking that question. Well, where would that put us five years from now? And by kind of assigning a role to yourself, you help make sure that your team has all the roles covered so that you do do both the doing and the long-term thinking you need to do. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. And, you know, you've talked a lot about the passionate founder or the, the one person who's, you know, driving this movement. And that person often wears the most hats, has the, you know, you think of that children's book, Hats for Sale, where the salesman has like 50 hats on his head. And that's the founder, right? Yep. And so I think it's important in that case for that person to start taking those hats off and making sure other people have access to those hats. And that's really how you build your community. Absolutely. And it and it's going to feel so good when you are able to only wear maybe five or six hats rather than 50 and you see those hats spread out around. It's a way for your passion to start to spread out to others. Absolutely. I think one of the things, you know, if we talk a little bit about that community level even more, and I'm thinking even broader outside your nonprofit community, that it's so common in rural areas to have folks who serve on multiple boards that Absolutely. I know when I've delivered trainings in small town, like it's odd to have somebody who's just on one board. I remember showing up in Raymond that's on the beautiful Pacific coast here in Washington state. And I think it was like Wednesday or Thursday that my training was happening. And this group of women showed up laughing because they had been together on Monday night at one board, Tuesday night at a second board, Wednesday, they were headed to a third board and it was all the same people. And there's 
advantages and disadvantages. The advantage, of course, is that you can implement just a little bit of shift, a little bit of training, a little bit of strategy can lift up every board in the area, right? Absolutely. But the caution, right, is that you want to be sure you're constantly inflecting new ideas, right? That you're you're not just doing things the way we've always done it or that you don't slip into a sort of comfort level with how things happen uh, because it's the same group of people constantly um, having uh, the same conversations. So I love the idea of looking at those super board members who are on five different organizations as points of, of contact and sort of bright lights to help change multiple organizations. But but if you are one of those people, and I suspect someone who might be listening to the nonprofit radio show is very likely to be that kind of person, you need to also be the voice in your organization saying, are we bringing in the new voices? Do we reflect our community? Are we bringing in that next generation? Are we bringing in that person who looks at this idea from a totally different perspective so that we continue to reflect our community and we continue to serve our community well? And again, that having that core group of people who are your super board members um, can be a really easy easy way to then open up each organization. Absolutely. You know, this conversation brings up for me a pet peeve. Can I share it? Tell me, please. So I have a pet peeve and that is the absolute uselessness of the term best practice. (laughs) All right. Tell me why it's useless. You know, so when I deliver trainings and I hear somebody, it's, you know, of course not me, but somebody brings up this concept of best practice. What is best practice? Or you'll hear an expert talk about, well, best practice is to do such and such. Look at the looks on people's faces. Those all volunteer groups, their faces have two, there are two things that happen every time. One is it just sinks and the sadness permeates their eyes and their mouths. The other thing is this knowing smile of this doesn't relate to me. So I don't need to listen to what you're about to say because it doesn't relate to me. I'm an all volunteer group. And I have to say that it often doesn't, that the concept of best practice works for transactional problems where there are simple solutions. And in particularly rural areas and with small organizations, all volunteer groups that are really scrambling to make things happen, their solutions are rarely simple. It's rarely that transactional piece. And I mean, there's this fancy concept, uh, uh, it's called the Kinevin Kinevin framework. Sorry, it's Welsh. We've never spoken Welsh on this show, have we? I don't think so. (laughs) I don't think so either. But anyway, the Kinevin framework is really looking at different kinds of problems. And I just want to, for those consultants out there who are listening, we want to make sure that we're inviting lots of solutions to to problems and and really understanding that there are lots of different tools that we're working with. For you all volunteer groups, when you hear the concept best practice, this is what I want you to think about. I want you to think, what is the good practice that fits with the context of our organization? What what will work for us? And you know, Sarah, you're always talking about translating, translating, you know, the big solutions from big organizations into what really works for small organizations. And so hopefully we can move to that place of translation. So all volunteer groups get what they need to thrive. Absolutely. And I think, you know, Nancy, the most important thing to remember, if you hear that term best practice or you read about it, this is the way you must do things. 
you got to just step back and say, no, you know, we know our community. We know what we're up to. Is there a kernel of something here that I should stop and pause and think about? And how then do I implement that? But no one, no one is a better expert on your mission and your cause than those of you working on it and the community you're serving. And so if the people you're serving say that wouldn't help us, (laughs) then it's not a best practice for your community. Absolutely. So I do want to just touch on this big issue for all volunteer organizations, which is burnout. And it saddens me when I see great missions um, that have long been held on the very strong arms (laughs) of some very passionate people who suddenly feel weary and who often say, well, who's going to take this on next? And so I just want to, if nothing else comes from this episode, I hope our all-volunteer organizations hear the importance, even if you're not feeling burnt out yet, hear the importance of pausing as an organization and actually having a conversation about how do we make ourselves sustainable? How do we make service on this board sustainable? How do we make it doable, put it at the right scale for us? And how do we assign roles and responsibilities so that we each feel like we're growing as people and getting the rewards we want from our volunteer service, but we're also efficiently serving the mission? Absolutely. What's our word of the week? Think the word is generosity, because what else comes to mind when you think about an all-volunteer organization? Oh, my gosh, you're absolutely right. And I do think about generosity. I think about the generosity of spirit, of time, of money. All volunteer groups have this incredible unselfishness that puts mission above self. I mean, you are working far more than a typical board would meet if you're doing an all-volunteer mission. I think of all the volunteer leaders that prove Adam Grant's thesis in give and take. He has this thesis that the more you give, the more you receive. Mm -hmm. And I think that the people who give so generously reap those rewards manyfold in terms of connections, in terms of just knowing that they're making the world a better place. Of course, the caution there is not to give so much that it depletes the reservoir of kindness that our heroic all-volunteer organizations bring to their communities. Absolutely. You know, and when I think of the word generosity, I always have the word kind, kind and generous in my mind go together. And yet it's really interesting when I was reflecting on that um, for this episode, I was thinking, oh, I think we need to remind our all volunteer heroes out there um, that they need to be kind to themselves in this process. Uh, Sometimes you are giving so much to your community and your mission that you forget to take that moment and say, what is sustainable for me? And that is what's going to be sustainable for this organization over the long haul. Mm -hmm. It touches on our sixth principle, right? Make it doable. No matter what you do, make it doable. Mm -hmm. We celebrate the all-volunteer nonprofits that serve our communities. In many ways, we created the nonprofit radio show to make sure you, these organizations, have right-sized opportunities to learn on your time. If you work with an all or almost all-volunteer organization, take time to investigate those two toolboxes we talked about management tools and government tools. Pull out a few hats and label them so it's clear when you're wearing your board hat and when you are volunteering. You are awesome. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. 
We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.